0: Hey, men, and welcome to another episode of Quality Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of the hosts of the show, PJ Burner, along with my co host, Kellen Scooter
1: Allen. (laughs) Wow. People don't know what you're talking about yet. They don't, uh, but maybe they they soon will. They will. They soon will. Scooter Allen. Yeah, you had
0: an encounter with a Razor Scooter, all for the cause of ministry. You
1: set this up. What? you set this up. I, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I did. All for the cause of ministry. It's, it's, you're out of pat. I, I guess so. I Anything, any place, anytime. Even on a the scooter. Kellen,
0: if you guys don't know Kellen, Kellen is six foot seven, and
1: uh, a Razor scooter is typically three and no, a half no, no, feet. No, no, no. Let, let's clarify because my son has a Razor scooter, and there's an option to lift up the handlebars, which <laughs> makes it suitable for me. This was for like an, an infant that I don't know the world's smallest Razor scooter that somehow or another um, I got on. People have no idea what we're talking about. No, but, but it grabbed them. They're like, what, Kellen on a Razor scooter? And they want to see it, and they will see it. When, when will people see it? I, well, don't, even it'll know. Drop I don't know next, what it's for. It'll drop
0: next week. Nobody okay. will know what it's for, but you know what? Maybe as has quality manhood on our Twitter account. If you guys don't follow us on Twitter, you can go follow us on Twitter. Nice plug. Wow. And then maybe I'll send, after the video drops for our church, maybe I'll send the tweet out of the video of yeah, Kellen not. on the Razor scooter. What? So, give us a follow on uh, our Twitter account and you will be amazed. Anyways, hey, so my father in law
1: calling me that, by the way.
0: Yeah, Kellen Scooter Allen. (laughs) Hey, Pastor Scooter. I hope so. That would be amazing. (laughs) Then we'll know. We'll know who listens to the podcast if they start seeing Pastor Scooter. No, don't do that. Um, Maybe. Yeah, my father in law is a uh, a plumbing contractor and uh, owns a company down in San Diego, and he refuses to drink. Tap water. Shame. So, take what that a shame. For, take that for what it what, what it's worth, that he works with plumbing and deals with pipes for a living and, and says, I'm not going to drink tap water. He is only the, the bottled water type. But, uh, hey, that got me thinking about the best tap water in the United States. Is that real? That's, like, a, that's a real ranking. In fact, it's fresh. It's hot off the press. It's fr- fresh water. It's pure. Yeah, it's pure. No pun intended. There you go. June... Of this year, released the newest rankings. And, Kellen, who took number one in the nation for the best tasting tap water? It's crazy to think, but Southern California. Southern California. And and not only that, but I don't know what thoughts come to your mind when you think of the great city of Santa Ana, California. If you're you're listening from Santa Ana. We We love you. We love you. We're glad you tuned in.
1: But we, we wouldn't drink your
0: tap water. No, I, is that what you're saying? It wouldn't be number one on our list, but it's number two in the United States. It is. Santa Ana, California has the number two best tap water in the United States. That
1: is. I, I want to know who's doing this ranking and
0: who's tasting it.
1: like somebody that just had COVID that just does not have (laughs) any taste or smell and you know what it was convenient because they just flew into John Wayne airport boom
0: you're perfect we've got some nasty tap water we need
1: you to taste I can't (laughs) taste exactly
0: we're good we're good just rank us no but somebody's doing that job like drinking different glasses of tap water and is it like shipped in an armored car from Santa Ana to like the testing headquarters and must be labeled carefully and I feel like you got to fly there, dude. That's somebody's job. Yeah,
1: it's grade tap water. And like there was, there are people out there that were. When did this come out? June? You said June. Yeah. Like they were just hitting the refresh button, waiting, waiting on these (laughs) rankings. Like I want to see who's number one. Like, did we make it? Did we? Did our city? Ah, we were fifth place. Let's go purify the water. Like, what do you do? Like, how do you go purify? The water to up your rankings the next year, I don't know. It's like
0: Selection Sunday for the NCAA tournament or the <laughs> college football playoffs. Like They're trying to figure out, all right, are we in? Are we in? Are we in? Yeah. Oh, we lost. Let's work on it again. But when we're talking about good-tasting tap water, which I don't know how often you talk about that. I think this is one of the first times in my life that I've talked about good-tasting tap water. Mm. What we're really talking about is water that is is in as close as can be to its purest form. And uh, and that's kind of what well, not kind of. That is what we're here to talk about in this episode. And so even just as a caveat before we get started, I know some of you men probably listen to this with uh, your sons who may be younger, or I know we have some ladies tuning in, and we just want to give you a heads up that the subject this week that we are tackling together is the subject of moral and, uh, and sexual purity. So um, if that means, hey, you need to hit the pause button and listen to this later, or ladies, if that means you want to uh, hit the eject button and, and not listen to the rep- rest of this episode, we're not. Going to get into anything inappropriate at all, but we are going to talk directly to men about this important subject. It's it's a qualification for an elder. In fact, uh, Kellen, how is it described there in the list? It's it's not described as somebody who is sexually pure, but what is the the qualification described as? It's called a one
1: woman man, one woman man, and so they you know it comes out and describes it this way, and you just think about the Roman culture back in that time. You know, polygamy was not something that was legal, but at the same time, you'd have your wife, you'd have uh, a slave, um, they'd have prostitutes, and these women back in this culture, uh, they couldn't fend for themselves, and so there was they were they would tolerate it more, right? They would accept it because if I don't have a husband that's going to protect me, then I'm out on the streets and it's I'm, I'm in danger um, every day, and so you'd have women or men that would have you know four or five different women that would be within the household or, or involved with them in some way, shape, or form. And um, Paul comes in, in here, uh, especially in this, uh, in this passage, and just says, we, you can't have that. If you are going to be a leader of the church, you need to be a one-woman man um, and not someone that is just you know all over town, for lack of better words, with uh, many different women and just um, doing whatever they desire to do.
0: Right. So if you're listening to this podcast, we're going to assume that we don't have to tell you to, well, maybe we shouldn't. Uh, (laughs) Hey, look, if you're listening to this podcast and you are married and having an affair, uh, you need to stop, repent, confess, and seek counseling immediately. Quickly. Yeah. Immediately. Um, The writer of Proverbs says, how can a man carry coals next to his chest and not expect to be burned? Uh, If if that's you, then uh, unquestionably stop what you're doing uh, get with a pastor, confess this sin and pray that God will be kind to lead you into a, a situation where you can be uh, your marriage can be saved and there can be restoration here. Uh, but that is that is an absolute must. Uh, but Ken, let's talk to to the guys that are probably most of the guys listening to this and they're saying, well, that's not me. I'm not cheating on my wife. I'm not having an affair. Um, so what does it mean for me then to be a one woman man? What are some of the pitfalls that I have to watch out for? Uh, if I want to be a a quality man of God, if I want to be a godly man, and this is one of the things that I need to strive after, how do we keep our guys from just going, okay, check, I'm not having an affair, so I'm good
1: to go. Yeah. Uh, the first thing is I would say, you know, you might be looking at the situation and saying, yeah, I would never do that. But as, as men, we need to avoid uh, temp- tempting ourselves, right? Avoid putting yourself in that situation at all costs. Um, you know, you, you think about just. Walking on the side of a road, and uh, if there's a a lion on the side of the road, I don't know where a wild lion would be, but let's just say there was for the sake of uh, this illustration, is you know you're going to do everything you can to flee to get away from that. You're not going to go toe the line and say, "Ah, it would never bite me. It looks harmless. Like I I, I can fend for myself," uh, because we all think that we it won't happen to us until it happens to us, right? right. And so we think about that that sin is not even tempting yourself, not even putting yourself in a situation. I know many men out there have jobs where they work, um, you know, in the same office or on the same team as, as ladies. And uh, one of those things I would say is you need to be doing your very best to not put yourself in an isolated situation, not put yourself in one-on-one meetings. And, look, I, I, being in that in that world, is it is it possible to just – do it and never be in a one-on-one situation maybe I don't know I don't know your work situation but if you are finding out ways to make it public and not put yourself in a situation where anybody can even as we talked about last time being above reproach nobody can even put that charge upon you to say that hey I you know they go to meetings together or they're always in the office together so avoiding the temptations um, of uh, of of putting yourself where you can eventually possibly cross that line and then it's, you know, you, you're you going too far. Right. Yeah. Don't put yourself in the way of sin, in the path of sin, right? I mean,
0: nobody's going to step into an oncoming semi-truck and say, well, it's going to be fine. I'll, I'll I'll jump out of the way at the last second. It's going to be exhilarating. It's going to be, you know, the adrenaline's going to get pumping. In, in the same way, men, don't put yourself in the way of the semi-truck of adultery. Don't put yourself in, in situations that could easily lead to compromise and don't trust your own willpower To be able to resist, you need to to keep yourself in check and keep yourself uh, above board like we talked about in in the opening one there, being above reproach a couple episodes ago. Um, Go back and listen to that one if you haven't yet. That's kind of the umbrella here. And being above reproach is uh, like Kellen was just talking about there, that nobody's even going to be able to point at a situation that you put yourself in and say, hey, that's questionable. Um, you should be able to, to, to go home to your wife at the end of the day and she could, she should be able to say, Hey, how was your day? What'd you do? And you should be able to give a rundown of everything in your day without her raising an eyebrow or wondering about uh, a meeting that you had or who else was there. Uh, you know, your, the way you conduct yourself needs to give her the utmost confidence that you are a one woman man. And she is that one woman. Um, well, let's, let's shift a little bit though, Kellen, because we're, we're talking to men out there who are both married and, and other men who are single. I uh, mean, a, a big threat in our culture is the threat of pornography. Yeah. And uh, perhaps more so today than at any other time in history, just based on the ease of access to it. Right. And pornography is certainly something, whether you are married or not, that has no place uh, in a believer's life, in a Christian's life. Um, Jesus even says in Matthew chapter five, Speaking of adultery, he says, look, you've heard it say, do not said, do not commit adultery. And everybody in the, his audience was who was had not done the physical act of committing adultery was sitting there going, great, I'm check good. the box, I'm good to yeah. go. And then he upped the ante, he said, but I say to you, look, if you even look lustfully at a woman, which guys, that is what pornography is built on, that's what it thrives on, that's what it feeds upon is our lust. He says, if you even look lustfully at a woman in your heart, you've committed adultery with her. If you think about men, some of of the, the the significance and weight of those words, it, it should convict us to say, "Man, I need to, I need to be careful, and I need to 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 not engage in that at all." But statistically, no doubt, Kellen, as we're recording this, some of the guys listening to this podcast—if not a good number of the guys listening to this podcast—that has been an issue or is an issue in yeah. their life. So, speak to those guys for a minute, and what are some? some, what's some counsel that you would give to a guy who's maybe out there going, okay, this has been a sin that has been beating me down, that has owned me, that I want to get rid of. How can I fight it? How can I
1: be more pure in that area? The first thing is, is confess it. And you need to get it out there and and talk to a brother in Christ about it. Uh, Because what we can tend to do is convince ourselves that, oh, I can handle it. You know, I'll, I'll shut it off tomorrow, I'll shut it off next week. I can control it. It's not controlling me. And that is typically a sign of it's controlling you when you think you can do it on your own and you are unable to do that. And so the first thing, most importantly, is you need to repent and get help, right? Get accountability, get another brother in Christ. There's there's systems out there like Covenant Eyes um, is a great one that I know uh, you and I both um, share that with a lot of of college kids and even men that are struggling with this is you need to have somebody that is able to get in your kitchen on your computer what in your cell phone whatever that is at any point in time to see what you're doing Um, and it's not about oh you know I don't want somebody all in my bit you need somebody in your business right because that's the problem in the first place you have this isolated life or this life that you're hiding um and it's sinful, and all it does is create a, a major problem, major problem even in your marriage, because you start to create this fantasy that you— the sexual fantasy that you want to have. Uh, and, and look, your, your wife is— not going to be that woman on the screen. Your wife is so much better than that because she's real and she's a gift from God. Right. And when you are going to a woman on the screen, you're basically telling God, hey, this gift that you've given me is not good enough. I got to go create my own fantasy. All right, And so that creates so many problems in the marriage, so many problems between your relationship with God. And you got to confess it and go get help. Right. And the, the, the root of pornography, just like the
0: root of so many sins, is self-centeredness. It's selfishness, and sex has been given to us, uh, and given to us, men, to be enjoyed for the the good of the other person, ultimately, and that's why sex works in a marriage. Is the two people are focused on the good of the good of the other person. It's not about what what it's about for me. It's about what it is about for for the spouse in the situation. So, uh, men, pornography is the grandest perversion of that because it's all about the self. It's all about what do I want? What are my desires? What are my dreams? What are my fantasies? What are my lusts? and it's, it's you saying, you know what, I'm going to take something that was meant to be enjoyed, uh, in, in communion, one with another person. And I'm going to say, no, this is all about me and no longer about that relationship. But yeah, like Kellen suggested their covenant eyes. And that's the one we most often recommend because though it, there's a, a cost associated with it subscription, I can't remember what it is, maybe 1299 a month or something mm-hmm. like that. But Um, the reason why it's the best one is, is it's, there are some free ones out there, but you can turn off the free ones. Right. Um, covenant eyes, it installs it on your device and then you can get it off. But if you're going to get it off the device, your accountability partners are going to be notified that you're generating an uninstall password. Um, and so it's just a, a good safety net. Uh, it records all of the webs- websites that you go to and sends a list of those to the, your accountability partner so he gets to see where you've been, what you've been doing. There is a filter that you can install as a part of that too that will block websites so that it, that's not even coming up. You can install it on your phone. Um, man, there's some work to do on your phones to 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 really do it, but you can shut down your phones. Even the smartphones, you can shut down your phones so that you're not gonna have access to the things that are, are your pitfalls, whether that's social media or that's the web browser, or that's YouTube, or whatever that may be. Um, There are ways to do that. So uh, yeah, get help with that. Again, go sit down with a pastor at your church and say, hey, can you help me? I need help in this area. Can you connect me with somebody who can help me in this? Um, One more area, and then we want to shift to some of the positives about pursuing moral purity, but one more area to talk about, as I know a lot of dads are listening to this, is be alert as a dad to the threat of, of, of impurity, not just in, in your son's lives, but also in your daughter's lives. Uh, this is not a, a a gender specific sin issue uh, that only hits guys. We talk to guys so much about it, but dads make sure, especially if you have a wife um, that that is in the picture, a mom that's in the picture, have her talking to your daughters. You be talking to your sons about this and uh, and be proactive about it. Dads, if your sons are taking cell phones into their room, do you understand that you are giving them a gateway into all of this sexual impurity? that they have have right there at their fingertips in their mm-hmm. rooms. They should not have their phones in their rooms at night. There's no reason for it. Don't give me this nonsense about their autonomy and their freedom. That <laughs> That is is not worth them sacrificing so much uh, by, by giving themselves over to this impurity and this pornography and this nonsense on their phones, social media and everything else. The phone stays out of the room, period, end of story. And if you need to to change that, change that. There's other things out there like Disney Circle that you can purchase, which you have monitoring uh, control over the internet in your home and what time it's on and what time it's off and what websites are allowed, what websites aren't. Lock things down. You are the guardian of your home, man. Be that guardian. Um, Don't allow these things to creep into your home and take root in your home uh, because it is is a horrible thing and, and uh, go on the offensive and be the man and be the dad and stand up and fight for the, the purity of your family in this. Don't buy into the lie that this is wrong because your kid needs freedom and an autonomy. No, they don't. They need a dad who loves them, who's willing to step up and say, I'm not letting you take the phone in your room because I'm not an idiot, right? So men, lock it down, step up, be a man, go to bat for your family and don't be weak on this anymore. Man, I'm getting, I'm getting worked up you are. on this. I see, I see. Um, <laughs> all right. So it's let's, good though.
1: It's yeah. good though, but and and that needs to happen because the the fact of the matter is, if you're not fighting for your family, the world is fighting to get to them. Um, and so, if you're not putting on the, up a battle, they're going to get to them. They will. They're, they're going to get through them through the cell phones, right? Um, so or yeah. laptops or whatever they whatever. have, right? I mean, yeah. they're in control of it. So, yeah. uh, but when we think about just that that moral purity, I think we talked a lot about just all of the things that. You know, can go wrong, but we or or that are pitfalls for us. But we're going to also focus on how we need to uh, pursue and how we need to. Make sure that we're doing everything that we can to to work hard at this moral purity within our marriage, within our parenting, uh, and and Paul tells us that in Ephesians five twenty five, it says, "Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church," and then this this last line is, "and gave himself up for her." And so that's that self sacrificing, right? Not saying, "Well, I want this, I want that." I, it, it's marriage is not about us, right? Marriage is not about what we want, what we want to get out of it, what we want to input into. You know, our our marriage and our family, it's how can we glorify God? Period. End of story is marriage is for God's glory, not for our pleasure. Yes, we do get to uh, have some gifts in there and we do get to enjoy pleasure and and fun within marriage, but ultimately it's for God's glory. And we have to understand that. And that means pursuing your wife and loving your wife um, over the things that you want to do. Do you want to, you know, sit, and watch a whole football game? Sure. Do you want to do all these things that um, seem seem like enjoyable things to do? I, we all do. We're all tempted to do that. But again, if we're looking at glorifying God in our marriage, then that means being able to say, hey, it's not about me and what I want to do because it's a Saturday and I worked hard all week and I feel like I deserve this. It's, no, what can I do to continue to lift up my marriage, to continue to lift up my wife, to encourage her, um, to be more like Christ as well through, uh, me pursuing her knowing that she's a gift from God. Yeah. I mean, the scriptures
0: are replete with, with exhortations to husbands to, uh, to pursue their wives, like, like Kellen was just saying, and, and also just to enjoy them. Right. I mean, Song of Solomon is a book that's all about the right. sexual relationship between a husband and a wife. And it's not, it's not mechanical. It's not boring. It's right. not dry. Right. And we're not, we're not advocating for that. Right, I mean the 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 lines in there without getting in, into you know an explicit rating on our podcast here. Um, <laughs> I mean, there it's graphic about hey, enjoy your wife, right, right. and it, likewise her to enjoy you, and that should happen should happen. And yeah, praising her and pursuing her and everything that that Kellen was just talking about. Is all part of that as well. There's the old analogy, right? Uh, men are uh, are microwaves, women are crockpots, <laughs> and uh, and and men, you got to remember that that the the sexual relationship with your wife is more than just the physical act, right. but it's it's the whole relationship plays right. into that, um, and is an, an important part of that. So yeah, I mean, pursuing her, you know, praising her, making her feel beautiful, making her feel lovely, making her feel like. You know, you are uh, attracted to her and enthralled with her. I mean, those are all things that, you know, are, are good and right. And you should be doing, hopefully you're doing that with your wife. I mean, Proverbs 31 talks about uh, the excellent woman and says, Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she's to be praised. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it says that that her children are going to rise up and call her blessed, but her husband also, he's going to praise her. Man, are you praising your wife? Uh-huh. And yeah, that's going to look differently as you praise her publicly or praise her to your kids, but you should also be praising her privately, uh, just in, in your own conversation with her, letting her know that you think she's gorgeous, she's beautiful, and so forth and so on, uh, because God has given her to you in that capacity there. And so that's going to be huge uh, in your marriage as well, just to, to give her that confidence and to make sure that, uh, that you guys are, are, are cultivating that godly and, uh, and pure
1: sexual relationship between each other. Yeah. And, you know, speaking highly of her, we're in a culture nowadays that, you know, so many spouses are putting down one another. Oh, I wish my husband was this. I wish my wife was this. And so making it a point to say, even, you know, at work around the water cooler, like, hey, this is my wife, like she's she did this and she did that and this is how great she is. Like, you know, that that influences other men to take a look at what they're saying about their wives because it's so easy to say, oh, I wish my wife did that, I wish my wife did that, but we're no. We're talking not sexual at this
0: point in time, what? just to clarify.
1: Yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> I didn't want All any right. of our guys go. Yeah. wait a minute, I'm
0: supposed to Am talk sw- about yes, thank this you. in
1: the bedroom? No, no, no. no. This is uh, just <laughs> speaking generally about your wife. Again, lifting her up, praising her. <laughs> Thank you. Somebody's writing down notes. No, wow, right. two pastors said we should go and talk about our our hey, sexual. Hey, the rise and fall of Mars Hill, right there, right?
0: <laughs> Yikes! Ah, uh, yeah. Wow. That's the
1: plug we don't need. But anyway, so yeah, um, speaking highly of her, and then also uh, being like we talked about, and we ended with sort of the negatives of again going above and beyond to talk to your kids about the the pleasure of 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 marriage and um the gifts that you know uh, God gives us in our spouse uh, being our wife talking to men here and you know those wonderful things about marriage that they can look forward to telling them that early on because again the world right now is going to push you can push off marriage because it's all about you until you get tired then you can get married then you can settle down but if we don't get in front of that now and tell them just the gift that it is to have marriage, and then, you know, even Paul talks about singleness in 1 Corinthians 7. So that's a gift as well. It's a lot harder, of course, as he talks about. But pointing out those things to your kids early on before the world, you know, influences them with all the negativity and crazy stuff in the culture.
0: Yeah, and they will. And it, it's not necessarily even going to be the threat of sex ed in the classrooms, Matt. It's going to be the threat of, you know, your, your kid, your son is going to go play baseball. And the kids on the baseball team, one of the kids in the dugout is going to have a phone and whip it out. And then it's like, hey, did you see this? Look at this. Or the kid in the dugout is going to be talking about sex or is going to be talking about, um, you know, other. Th- you need to be the, the person that he hears this from. You need to be the person that is, is proactive in sitting down with your kids and saying, look, let's talk about this. It's a good thing. And, and be willing to be transparent. Let your kids know. We will answer any question that you have. Bring any question that you have to us and we will answer it. And you don't have to be embarrassed about it or anything else. We are here uh, because we want you to know that it's not anything to be ashamed of, that it's to be celebrated and it's a good thing in the context that God designed it for, which is a marriage between a man and a woman. Um, And that is to be uh, where it is uh, practiced and enjoyed. Uh, But be proactive in in talking to your kids. Don't make them afraid of it. Don't make them embarrassed or ashamed of it. Um, uh, Help them to understand this is something from God, but it's from God with a design that comes with it. And we need to uh, approach that correctly and not abuse that or pervert that. So yeah, moral purity is a huge, huge thing for uh, us being quality men of God. Um, and it's probably the, the the greatest foothold that Satan grabs hold of uh, in, in so many men's lives is it's this dark corner of our lives where we have this concealed and we feel like, man, I, I can't bring this to the light. Man, you can bring it to the light you can come sit down with a pastor you can sit down with a friend you can sit down with a uh, a mentor and say look i need help and I, I am asking you to help me in this regard and and men we would love for, for you to to make that decision and do that or men if, if um that's in your past or hasn't been a part of your life praise god and keep fighting you know keep it in mind what what paul says in 1st corinthians 10 when he says look Uh, The Lord is not going to tempt you beyond your capacity, but will always give you a way of escape. Be looking for the way of escape. Be Houdini when it comes to to sexual purity in your life and always be looking for that. So, uh, men, we're glad you tuned in for another episode of Quality Manhood. And we will be praying for you this week as you strive to be pure men of God.